There's, uh, I, I just want to say this, Delaney, there is something about your voice that just cuts through and worships for me. I, I really appreciate your voice. Really appreciate you, you leading worship. We are, uh, we're going to get back to our study of Acts this morning. So if you want to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 9, we're going to get back to our study. Now where we left off, we talked about the, the salvation of Saul, how Saul had a personal encounter with Jesus and how it changed everything. It changed Saul. It changed the church. It changed the entire area. Everything changed because of Saul's salvation, his personal encounter with Christ. And so what we talked about the last couple of weeks was how Saul was living from faith, not with faith. He didn't take Jesus and add it to what he already knew. He recentered his life around Jesus. He lived from faith. And when you live from faith, it changes everything. Now, we remember that, that Saul was the one that was persecuting the church. He was the one chasing folks around and arresting them for being Christian, for, for claiming Christ. And so he was, that, that's who he was. Then he came to Christ. Then he had a personal encounter with Christ, and it changed everything for him. Changed everything. And as a matter of fact, he now is going around preaching Jesus is the Son of God. Now, that got him into trouble. Now he's the one being chased. Now he's the one being persecuted. And the Jews actually plot to kill him. And, and this plot, it, as a matter of fact, he's, you may remember the story of, of the disciples lowering Paul or Saul down in a basket over the city walls. That happens in Damascus. Then he goes to Jerusalem and they plot to kill him there. And so he, uh, he, he, they sneak him out of Jerusalem and they send him back to Tarsus to keep him safe. Now he's Saul of Tarsus, so that's where he came from. So that worked. He went back. And so where we pick back up here is Peter again, where Peter is, doing, is out on the trail, you might say. He's out preaching and teaching in the name of Jesus. So let's pick up in verse 31 of Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 31. So the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers. As Peter was traveling from place to place, he also came down to the saints who lived in Lydda. There he found a man named Ananias, who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. Peter said to him, Ananias, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed. And immediately he got up. So all who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which is also translated Dorcas. She was always doing good works and acts of charity. About that time, she became sick and died. After washing her, they placed her in a room upstairs. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples heard that Peter was there and sent two men to him who urged him, don't delay in coming with us. Peter got up and went with them. And when he arrived, 
They led him to the room upstairs, and all the widows approached him, weeping and showing him the robes and clothes that Dorcas had made while she was with them. People sent them all out of, uh, Peter sent them all out of the room. He knelt down, prayed, and turning to the body, said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, saw Peter, and, and sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her stand up. He called the saints and widows and presented her alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. So <clears throat> there is a, a, a fantastic statement that we have to start with, and that's in, in Acts chapter 9, verse 31. We have to look at this great statement. So the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers. That's a powerful statement. The church grows when it lives in the fear of the Lord and the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. The church has peace and is strengthened when it, when it lives in fear of the Lord and is encouraged by the Holy Spirit. I, I have to tell you, that's, that's still how it works. That's still how churches grow is by living in fear of the Lord and the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. I think every Christian grows this way, living in fear of the Lord. Now, this fear is not, is not being afraid of God. It is understanding who God is. It, is. it is respecting the fact that God is God and we are not. It's understanding who God is and, and who we are in light of who God is. That's fear of the Lord. And we need that fear of the Lord to, uh, to keep us from doing things we shouldn't and to get us to do things we should. We need the fear of the Lord that when God says go, we go. Because he's God and we're not. We live in the fear of the Lord when we are trying to live his will and going when he says go. And, <clears throat> and the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, the exhortation, the, the encouragement the comfort, the guidance, the empowerment. That's how the, the church grows and that's how individual Christians grow. Remember, the church is not an organization. It's an organism. It's made up of believers. It is a living, breathing thing made up of believers. And so as believers grow, as disciples grow, churches grow. We still need this, we still need the fear of the Lord and the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. That's how we still grow. That's how churches still grow. So we get back to Peter here in, in, in this story. We get back to Peter and his, and his travels, and it tells us he's going from place to place, apparently preaching the gospel. So we have two healings here, and we're going to look at each one and then see how, they, how, how they're connected. The first one is Ananias, and it's in Lydda. The healing of Ananias in Lydda. And uh, verse 32 says that he went to the saints in Lydda. Now, I think that's interesting because <clears throat> the word saints literally means those who are holy. It comes from the Greek word agios, which means holy or set apart. And so these are the people that are set apart for God. These are the, so so what, what strikes me about this is Peter just gets there 
And these people are all described as saints already. And we see the same thing with Tabitha or Dorcas. We see the same thing. She's called a disciple. So what's going on? How did they become saints when Peter just is getting there? We, we see at the end of chapter 8 that Philip is going through here. Philip goes to Samaria. We, we studied that when he, when he talked to Simon and, uh, uh, and those that believed Simon was the very power of God. We looked at that. And then we, we see that at the end of chapter 8 that, that Philip continues through this area. So in, essentially what you've got here is Philip is an evangelist. Philip is going through telling people about Jesus. Peter is following up sort of like the pastor, explaining to them what faith in Christ means. So we, we kind of have that Philip and Peter, uh, Peter following Philip, Philip being the evangelist and telling people about Christ, and, and Peter being the pastor, telling them what faith means, how to live from faith. So we see that. <clears throat> and, and I want you to know this, this idea of saints, agios, set apart, holy, sanctified. That's you and I. That's you. If you have faith in Christ, if you have trusted Christ for your salvation, you're a saint. Does that come as a surprise to you? <laughs> There's a lot of nods, <laughs> a lot of head shaking, a lot of wa head wagging going on. You're a saint. You're sanctified or being sanctified. You're holy. You're set apart for God. That's, that's what the saints are. So Peter comes and finds Ananias paralyzed for the past eight years. Now, I think it's important to point out, actually in both of these cases, faith in, coming to faith in Christ did not heal them. Coming to faith in Christ did not make this paralyzed man walk. He is already saved. He's already had salvation in Christ. We see it by, by him being called a saint, by, by Tabitha being called a disciple. We already see that they're followers of Jesus, and yet they haven't been healed. I think we see God has a plan that we don't understand. Often, we, he has a plan that, he, that, that we don't understand. For instance, why not Stephen, who, was, who preached a great sermon before they killed him, for they martyred him for his faith, why wasn't he uh, risen from the dead instead of these two? I guess it's, it's frankly, it's not up to us. <laughs> it goes back to fear of the Lord, doesn't it? It goes back to the idea that he's God and I'm not. And, and so I need to live in fear in awe, in respect, in profound honor of who God is. So, Ananias is, is still paralyzed until Peter says, Ananias, Jesus Christ has healed you. Get up and make your bed. And he does. Immediately. He's immediately healed of his paralysis. But I want you to notice that Peter doesn't take any credit for this. Peter doesn't say, I heal you in the name of Jesus. He says, Jesus Christ heals you. Ananias needed the healer. Peter's not the healer. Jesus is the healer. 
Ananias needed the healer. Now, interesting to know, Ananias is actually one of the Greek gods. So it's kind of funny that he was paralyzed, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's a little bit ironic, I guess. And I like irony. But Ananias is, is the name of a Greek god, and his name literally means praise. And eight is a symbolic number in the, uh, in the Bible. Seven is the perfect number, symbolically. Eight is the number of a new beginning. And so you can literally say that until the healer came, praise was paralyzed. Until the healer came and gave a new beginning. Kind of cool. So let's look at Joppa and the healing of Dorcas now. Tabitha, or I, I don't, <clears throat> I prefer to call her Tabitha because Dorcas sounds like a word we wouldn't normally, uh, calling somebody Dorcas isn't probably something in our culture that's a good thing, but, but it's, it's both Tabitha or Dor- Dorcas, it's translated both ways. She is described as, as a disciple and a worker in the church. She's, it says, always doing good and, and acts of charity. And then in verse 39, it says that the, the widows came and showed the robes and clothes that Tabitha had made for, for them. So Tabitha is, is a worker in the church. And, and she's working and then becomes sick and then dies. And, and it's... Again, God has a different plan than, than we would normally think. This is not who I would think would get sick and die, right? We have this idea that if you're doing these kind of things, you, you should live, right? God has a different plan. And he's God and we're not. And so Tabitha gets sick and she dies. So Peter comes. And, and this would have been a loss to the church, to the ministry of the church in Joppa. Not only does Tabitha need the healer, the church in Joppa needs the healer to come. And so Peter comes. Peter comes and, and, and says, he, he kneels, he prays, and says to Dorcas or, or Tabitha, get up. And she does. She is immediately brought back to life by the healer. And again, I'll say, Peter doesn't take credit. This isn't Peter healing anybody. This is Jesus Christ, the healer, healing. And he heals Tabitha, and he heals, by extension, this church and the ministries of this church are all healed when the healer comes. Tabitha, Dorcas, literally means one full of grace. And so it was the grace of the healer that healed the one full of grace. There are some, some, some word play in who these people are and, and what, what happened. So Tabitha is healed. The healer comes to Tabitha and the healer comes to the church in Joppa. So what do we learn from these? Well, the the first thing, as I already pointed out in verse 31, the church and the individual Christian still grows and strengthens by living in fear of the Lord and by living in the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. That's still how it works. 
It worked in this church. It works in this church today. And it works in you, just as it always has. Now, I mentioned earlier, uh, uh, Ananias and, and Dorcas, they were already believers. They were already disciples or saints. And yet, that did not keep them from having these problems. And so, I want to boldly tell you that knowing Christ does not take you out of the way of problems. It doesn't. I don't know where that expectation ever came from. We don't see it in Scripture. Here's a perfect example of people who came to Christ but still needed the healer to come because they were still paralyzed and still sick and died. We see it throughout the disciples. We see it throughout the New Testament, the idea that the people of God are not out of the way of the problems of life. They face them. But because we know Christ, we know the healer. And so because we know the healer, the healer can come. We can ask, we can pray and ask for the healer. I think about our, our world today. It, we're a mess. <laughs> we're, we're a dumpster fire. It, everything is, is we, we've got wars and, and wars just about to start, it seems. We've got a pandemic that has lasted two years. We've, we, we have all of these things. We have all the anxiety and all the worry from the world that we live in today. And think, of, think about this. The healer came and healed Ananias from paraly being paralyzed and Tabitha from being dead. One healer healing everything. What would we need in this world? What do we need to fight the pandemic? What we tend to think is that we need treatments. We need all of these, these things, medicines and, and all these. And I'm not anti-science. I'm not. But what we need is the healer. What our world needs is the healer. Because treatments and, and, and all of these things, we have, we have counted on science too much over the last two years. How many times has science changed its mind? Just in, in the past two years. Don't wear a mask. Wear a mask. Wear two. Take this. Don't take that. It's been a constant change. The healer never changes. They can't come up with a treatment that works for everybody because everybody is different. Everybody's bodies are different. An easy example is, is penicillin will cure me and kill my wife. We're different. But what every one of us needs is the healer. We keep looking for something to fix our world. We don't need something. We need someone. We need the healer. God did not send us something to heal us. God sent us someone to heal us. The healer, Jesus Christ. We need the healer. I want you to notice one thing about, um, about both of these healings. What does Peter say to both of them? Rise. 
Get up. Rise. Only the healer can make us rise. From the dead, from whatever trouble we are facing today, only the healer can make us rise. Only the healer can tell us to rise. We need the healer. God quite often uses in, in the Acts, we've see, seen several miracles, several healings. And he does that, it seems, to, to show the truth of the gospel, to, to, to show people that this is truth. But hear me when I say Jesus is not out of the business of healing. He is not out of the business of miracles. The healer still heals. I can't know everything that you're struggling with today. I can't possibly know every family problem or, or illness or, or disease or, or relationship problem that you're facing today. But I do know who you need, not what you need, who you need, the healer. Pray that the healer will come. Pray that the healer will come and, and restore relationships, restore health, restore your soul, restore you from worry and anxiety. Pray that the healer would come. Because you don't need something you need someone. You need the healer. Every one of us needs the healer. As I said, I can't possibly know what you're struggling with today. But I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and that you pray that the healer comes. That the healer comes to you and makes you rise. Rise above the struggle you're facing. Rise above the, 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 the health problem. Rise above the, the family issue. Rise above all. Pray and ask that the healer come and make you rise. Father, we thank you. We thank you that, that you have sent us someone to heal us. You have sent us the healer, Jesus Christ. May he come. Heal us. Heal our land. Heal this world that is in such turmoil. We pray that the healer comes in the name of Jesus. Amen.